Hi everyone, I'm Joyce Strong, host of The Totally Well Show. Before we begin, I want to give a big thank you to my mentor, coach, and sponsor of The Totally Well Show, David Meltzer. David is the host of the number one entrepreneur podcast, The Playbook, a top 100 business coach, author of the number one new release, Game Time Decision Making, and was named Sports Humanitarian of the Year by Variety. But he prefers to be known as the CEO who goes around helping people. Learn more about David Meltzer at www.dmeltzer.com and text him at 949-298-2905 to get notified when he is in your area hosting a meetup. Follow him on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter at David Meltzer. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Totally Well Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Totally Well Show. I'm your host, Joyce Strong. The Totally Well Show is a place where we get curious, ask questions, and explore everything to do with health, wellness, fitness, and all the things it takes to help you live the highest quality, most fulfilling life. Just a reminder that The Totally Well Show and all the shows here at the Groton Channel are welcoming your sponsorship um, and as a, as a uh, payment of um, money or in kind. Um, opportunities are also available. Um, so reach out to thegrottenchannel.org or to me and we'll tell you more about that. And today I have a return visitor, one of my favorites, Dr. Terry Baydar. Welcome, Terry. Thank you so much. Or Thank Dr. You for Terry. Me. I like to call you Dr. Terry. And Dr. Terry is a leadership development consultant and coach. And um, her website is www.whitelilycoaching.com. That's right. Also known as the CEO Whisperer. Yep. And um, I have a question right at the start, because every time that we've, you've come here on the show, I've been um, confused about what title you use, and I've been switching my own title around about what I do in my practice. So what's the, what does a leadership development consultant and coach do different from, say, an executive coach or a business coach, some of those other general terms I've heard? Um, basically, the leadership development part is something that is more internal. It's more of an internal journey. It's more a personal development. Ah, okay. If, um, for example, a lot of executive coaching might do something like what we call a 360. Mm -hmm. And they're going to ask you, ask, a, ask you, people around you yeah. to give input as to what you're doing well, what you're not doing well as an executive or as a leader uh, with your team, with interpersonal relationships, those sorts of things. And they'll take that critique mm -hmm. and try to adapt to the critique and put maybe have a 60-day plan about what they're going to do differently. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of exterior stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. That's a lot of, oh, I have to comply to this thing out here. Mm -hmm. That's not real leadership development in my sense yeah, of yeah. what I do. Yeah. Leadership development is knowing how to decide from the inside, be empathetic, uh, be vulnerable sometimes, think from a more higher plane about what's happening in the bigger picture, and what does this person need, what does that person need, and doing it from a very personal standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so I help people develop themselves from the inside mm -hmm. and to become more fulfilled 
in their and to reach their full potential as a human being mm -hmm. rather than just complying to what needs to be done. So if, right. So if it's not so connected to a position at a company where they might be an executive, but more um, oftentimes, I think once you get to a high level, you have no one left to talk to. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and to help you to grow. And so you that's, have something else inside you driving for greater things. Yes. Yeah. And that's also uh, something why I work so much with uh, C-suites, yeah. CEOs, CTOs, CFOs, yeah. is because they have nobody to talk to that can raise them up or push them or hold them accountable. Well, who's not afraid of them? <laughs> who's not afraid of them, who doesn't have uh, some kind of vested interest in the back of their mind or some other kind of agenda. Mm -hmm. My agenda is their fulfillment yeah. and their success. So I love that. I'm on their team no matter what. Yeah. yeah. No matter what happens, yeah. I'm by their side. I'm glad I asked that question. It just seemed like such an obvious thing, but it wasn't obvious. So mm. thank you for that. I think it's confusing for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Well, just the word coach itself is thrown out there. And yes. the different levels of education that we have. Like You have a very different background oh, yeah. than I have, and I, we both call ourselves coaches. And we both have a similar angle. True, but you're you have you're a doctor of divinity, right? Is that right? You you know, so that's a, a very big di difference, and the education just under that one piece, and um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We just happen to be cool people in common. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so today, um, you brought in a topic for us that um, I'm it will be very helpful for me personally and for me working with my clients and hopefully to our um, listeners, and that is dealing with resistance. Absolutely. Yeah. It's every single day, all the time. So one of the things I've been giving to my clients uh, recently is this little book. Yeah. It's um, The War of Art. Yeah. Author is? The author is Stephen Pressfield. Now, he's mostly a fictional author, mm -hmm. but he describes his process yeah. in overcoming his own demons yeah. and it's so it's so lovely because the, some of the pages mm -hmm. are just boom boom so quick bullet points a quick quick straight to the point yeah and he takes all of our inner demons and he puts them under one label resistance okay and i love that because I tend to break it all down and be a little bit too expert about it because I study behavior. Yeah. And the way he's done that, he just puts everything in one bucket. And it allows a lot of people who are starting out on this journey to just say, oh, that's resistance, and to recognize it mm -hmm. and not have to pinpoint, oh, that's this kind of resistance or that kind of resistance. He just dumps it all in. And um, I think there's so much. Now, he talks a little bit about overcoming the resistance. I think that we could talk about that a little bit more today. Okay. And I wrote down a few a few things that happen. And I know you have this yourself. I have this. Mm -hmm. Everybody on the planet has this. Yeah. Um, your clients have this. My clients have this. It's for everybody. Yeah. I, it, what is, why do you think we have resistance? Oh. What do you think? Why did, why did we evolve to be doing that thing? We have resistance because we're seeking comfort. 
-hmm. There's a part of, it's our, our id or our animal self or whatever. Or safety. Yes. That, yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. It's the, like the lower echelons of Maslow's hierarchy. Yeah. If you, can, if you have that. Um, we ha I, I like to name it um, your saboteur. Okay. It's seeking stability. It wants stability. It doesn't want anything to change. Mm -hmm. It wants to lay on the couch and, you know, have popcorn and not go anywhere and not even go to the gym. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's going to the gym or, you know, working on a project, we all have that. Is it always negative? Is it, is it always, resistance always a bad thing? No. No, because sometimes resistance, uh, what we might name resistance, might just be a part of ourselves that's being a parent. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I wrote down here is that I give to my clients to do, to think about and do is to negotiate with your resistance or your inner toddler. Okay. Imagine your inner toddler, yeah, yeah. right? That I just, I just want to eat chocolate for dinner. Yeah. And we need to negotiate with it like it's a child. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna write. I'm gonna write down some notes. This is too good to not. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go so on. Negotiate with your inner toddler, as if you're the parent. So a parent part of you is talking to the child part of you, to grow up, <laughs> to deal with it, mm -hmm. to be okay with it. Um, now the the I mentioned the saboteur. The saboteur is a little bit different. The saboteur likes is more than just the inner toddler. It's sort of this persona, personalization of the part of you that doesn't want to take any risk, that wants comfort all the time. Mm -hmm. Complete safety, security, and I know everything that's, that, I think I know everything that's going to happen today, so no change. Mm -hmm. And the, But that's that actually... It needs a counterpart, and the counterpart that's also natural mm -hmm. is I need adventure, I need, I need excitement, I need change. So we have these two parts. One is coming from a higher part of ourselves, and the other is coming from more of an animal part of ourselves, is mm -hmm. I'm just seeking safety. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we need to reason with both parts. And back to your question, Sometimes we have that saboteur or inner critic mm -hmm. that might be telling us in a bad way, who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Okay, that is, you know, that critical, judgy mindset. Yeah. Like to keep you from doing anything, to give you doubts so you don't do it. Mm -hmm. But then there are moments when we can get beyond ourselves mm -hmm. and we do need a little voice that says, hold on. Yeah. Who do you think you are? You can't talk to that person. You have to respect that person. You, have to, you can't talk to them the way you're doing it. You need to respect them. Mm -hmm. So it also does have a positive way. Mm -hmm. The whole point of this kind of work is to take your saboteur, get to know it, train it, mm -hmm. so it becomes your inner coach mm -hmm. or a part of your inner coach mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Because you can't... You can't it's not going away. It's always going to be there. Nope. Yeah. It's not going to go yeah. away. But you can accept it, mm -hmm. train it, mm -hmm. and it becomes more of a, an adult voice inside mm -hmm. that lets you know when maybe you're not behaving 
according to certain standards that you say you want to have. Do you have a, a technique or a name that you give that? I'm just curious if you had any like way to frame what, what you're about to tell me some examples of, I think, of how that might. Um, I, don't ha I don't have a lot of specific examples. I think once a person starts to visualize it yeah. in themselves, they start to recognize it. And it can be, um, it can show up in lots of different ways. I can give you examples for me, mm -hmm. and then you can tell me how. Um, sure. So one is just going to the gym. Right. So I pay for the gym. I like when I get there. Um, but it doesn't take much for me to start to feel some resistance to going. Right. And once, I, once it gets into my head, it, it's, it can get challenging. I'm, now I'm in a debate. I'm in an argument with myself about should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I. And it becomes mm -hmm. very stressful to me. So that's one example. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's a great and easy example. Um, what I do in that, for that kind of situation, mm -hmm. my suggestion with that is to create kind of a background music around who do you want to be mm -hmm. and what are you willing to give up to, do, to become it. Okay. So if you're willing to give up TV time to go to the beach, to go to the, not the beach, but the gym, then you're actually moving towards your goal mm -hmm. if you've decided that that's who you want to be. So are you saying, is it like that, I've heard this term before, lean into the resistance? I don't know if that's really leaning in. I think that's more um, stepping out of the the binary conflict of go to the gym, not go to the gym. Mm -hmm. If you throw that question out and, be, and uh. instead say, who do you want to be? Which of these choices yeah. is going to... So you change the question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you there change, you the, you change yeah. the question. You yeah. take it like, you look at it from a third point of view, from an outside... Well, now you've got me looking at my vision, my longer-term right. vision, my bigger dream. Right. I want to be 18% body fat. Okay. <laughs> I want to be able to button my jacket. Okay. Right. Yeah. So whatever that is yeah. that you're reaching for, you get, you get to look at it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. 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 So I, I always, so that's why I, I do so much work on purpose and mission, um, understanding who, you know, who do you want to be? Where does that fit in with this bigger, the well, saboteur purpose and mission? So it's kind of a three-step step process. You get, your, you get a purpose, a mission. You're asking yourself on a regular basis, who do I want to be? Mm -hmm. You have to think about it. You have to stop and think about it. Maybe you... Is that your, that's your purpose? Is that yes. who do I want to be, that question? Yeah, who do okay. I want to be? or what is my goal, or you know, whether it's I want to be a writer, or I want to be an athlete, or uh, I want to just, I want to, even if it's I want to fit into a size six dress, mm -hmm. uh, I want to be healthy, I want to overcome this challenge. Even those, you know, it doesn't have to be your whole full life mission, but who do I want to be helps keep putting you back in that place. So step one, have a sense of who do you want to be. Mm -hmm. Step two, what are the boundaries and goals? 
-hmm. Boundaries meaning what are you willing to give up? Will you give up the TV time, laying on the couch time, to go to the gym and sweat it out? I like that that concept of what are you willing to give up because it it, it implies um, it implies something you want that you you can't have. So some adult kind of it, or at least an acknowledgement. I want it, but I'm not gonna I'm gonna choose not to do it for a greater reason. Right. That's a very adult right thought. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. So put on your big girl panties. Get to the gym. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and that's where you, so step two is having your goals and your, also your boundaries. Mm -hmm. And the boundary meaning, um, I'm going to set a boundary on how much television I watch. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's it. Okay. I've, I've done an hour and a half of screen time on the tube. Mm-hmm. That's enough. I'm not going to do that anymore because I have to use my time for something that matters to me. Mm -hmm. Four times this week at the gym. So a positive thing. Yeah. Right. Whatever that is. Yeah. In this case, the gym. Yeah. And keeping, because when you set those boundaries without a sense of purpose and mission, mm -hmm. it just adds to the conflict and the saboteur grabs that, that inner critic starts to wreak havoc around that. Oh, who do you think you are? You're not going to go four times to the gym. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can go four times to the gym. Mm -hmm. If you actually are in, in touch with your purpose. Yeah. You can. You're excited. Yeah. Because you know, oh, well, that's my path. That's my journey. I'm going to claim that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go there. It seems to me, I wanted to hear what step three is, because you yes. said there's step three, then I had another question after. So step three is um, believing in yourself and the mission. That's kind of what I was feeding into right there. Mm -hmm. um, understanding that you belong. You belong here on the planet called Earth, that we all have a place. You belong. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling that you don't belong, then there's a couple things you need to adjust, mm -hmm. but you belong. And mm -hmm. you have to have that mindset. Is it just an acceptance or maybe because you believe I belong, that's good enough for now? <laughs> that's part of it. <laughs> but um, we tend to put ourselves, again, that's the saboteur mm -hmm. who gets a hold of, of, it, uh, of us and doesn't want us to go further mm -hmm. on our evolutionary uh, journey. Yeah. Um, Saboteur just wants to sit on the couch mm -hmm. and just be safe. Mm -hmm. But then the, this being safe is cultivating all sorts of fear and doubt and living in this spiral mm -hmm. um, that just takes us in the other direction, downwards. Mm -hmm. um, so believing that you belong can also sort of unhinge that a little bit. No, I belong in the world. I have things to do here. Mm -hmm. And when you know you belong, you can also talk down your saboteur, like like the you know the the inner critic or mm -hmm. the um, we call it saboteur, inner child, whatever, or or inner toddler, mm -hmm. whatever you want to, th however you want to picture it, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's all part of that, you know, pulling down force. Mm -hmm. Whereas you want to be with the the you want to merge with that force moving up. Mm -hmm. towards something more.
and uh, David Meltzer mentions that I think in how how um, fast we vibrate. He uses it. Yes. Like the truth vibrates the fastest. He says. Yeah. 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 It's it's uh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, one of the things he says often. My question back to, now that I understand the three steps that processes. It, it, for me, and also for people I coach, sometimes I'm coaching somebody who I think is at a very high level in business, in their life. They're very intelligent, way smarter than I am. And yet they need, it seems like from one week to the next, I just saw you last week and you've forgotten this. Like how much do we have to mm. remind ourselves or um, get this to, is it practice? Is, what is it? Mm. That's a couple of good things there. Yeah. yeah. You, you get what I'm saying, right? I do it's get what like, you're saying because I have. This, like, I, I work with CEOs, and they're very busy. Um, they're they're accomplishing so much. They're they're like this kind of like an octopus with all these delegating arms and things going on, right? Yeah. But the problem is the actual delegating arms. Sometimes for people who are high performers, yeah, they're out here doing all of this. This they understand. They understand moving things around, yeah, and making stuff happen. Yeah, what they're not looking at is this. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're not checking in with their feelings. Mm-hmm. They're not listening to their body. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't developed that part of themselves. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. So I find people who are I work with super performing individuals. I mean, like off the charts, mm-hmm. and people who are even some. I have a couple clients who are even ADD, and they're like, and they've used their ADD to go to advantage, in, yeah, to advantage because yeah. they just they're like, you know, it's like like Superman or Wonder Woman. They get so much done in a day. It's like, oh wow, that's another David Meltzer trait, by the way. Right? <laughs> He's a master of his calendar. He can write so much in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> There is, a, there is another side to life, mm-hmm. which happens inside us, mm-hmm. which is the, it's the energy source of who we are. Mm-hmm. If we start to ignore our body, mm-hmm. uh, we don't refine our listening and our sense of sensitivity mm-hmm. to our mind, to our body, to our thoughts, to our feelings, to get to know ourselves inside ourselves, mm-hmm. that's, that's a slippery slope. And have our, our needs met. Right. Yeah. So that can come out in all sorts of behavior. But it, it seems to me that this stuff, the arms, it was a great image. The octopus, like, but it can keep you out there so that you, because this felt like vulnerable, scary. Right. And if you haven't ever dealt with that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in what I do, um, uh, we deal sometimes, I deal sometimes with what we call empty suit syndrome. Ooh. Right? I've never heard that term. Yes. Yeah. Empty suit syndrome is somebody walking around doing everything out here, mm-hmm. but they've completely lost touch with themselves. And emotional intelligence has, is, is, has four, four pillars, four traits. Mm-hmm. The first is um, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And so the second is self-regulation. So the first two things you have to do is know yourself and regulate yourself. That's what we're talking about, regulating and knowing ourself, mm-hmm. dealing with our own resistance, our own mind trips, our own stories, good or bad, mm-hmm. and managing them. Mm-hmm. Then the other two pillars are uh, knowing 
uh, you know, being aware of others, mm -hmm. and then regulating the relationship between self and other. Okay. Pretty simple. But if, if this is what you're doing out here all the time, and you're not spending any time or energy here, I like to call it like the longest 18 inches on the planet <laughs> between the head and the heart. Yeah. Because it's so much work that we forget about. Mm -hmm. um, if, you're not, if, if you're not doing this, you've got no first-hand experiential knowledge, know-how of what it means to be a human being. And you've got to do that. I've heard so many stories of people that have been financially, you know, blockbusters, big, big um, success there, who are incredibly unhappy. Yes. It's like this, this story about the man, the, the man um, I heard a story about a man who was so poor, all he had was money. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and that can happen when all you focus on is out here. Yeah. Yeah. So what difference does it make then for people um, to, and I, I like how you talked about it, dealing with resistance, um, because it, it's not going away. <laughs> so it's not curing it or mm -hmm. overcoming it. You're, mm -hmm. you're leveraging it. Right. Yeah. You're transforming it. You're accepting it. it I like the inner toddler, mm -hmm. because if you have a toddler, you have a toddler. You've got to deal with the toddler. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to walk around the room and tear things up yeah. and pull things down and get into trouble. Yeah. So you've, you need to deal with it. Yeah. And I have more of a softer approach, mm -hmm. you know, um, in, in the war of art and in a lot of other leadership coaches might be a little more hard hitting. Mm -hmm. I tend to be a soft hitter. Mm -hmm. um, I hit hard with precision mm -hmm. at certain points in time. But I work really here mm -hmm. with the person very deeply. And we just go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. So that's kind of a, you have to stay soft mm -hmm. if you really want to go that deep. Uh, so I don't do any like 360s or have people give them input or executive coaches can go do that. Mm -hmm. So a person could have more than one kind of a coach Absolutely. to help yes. them. Sure. Yeah. I have several. Yeah. I can understand, yeah, the different approaches and how they can all be helpful. But yeah, I, I know uh, uh, Rich Litvin, I don't know if you know him, he's mm -hmm. um, a coach, he calls himself a coach, uh, um, but he has this technique of, or term he uses of, he calls coaching, you want to play, and then he says, um, hot seat, he uses that term, yeah. and he's very careful about, and his coaching might last for five minutes or for an hour. But t depending on how quickly we get there and what needed to happen next. Yeah. So that, that's what you remind me of, that sense of hot seat of, yeah, yeah being, because it's, it's hot. It is. Which is why we haven't dealt with it. Dr. Terry, I really thank you for coming today. We're out of time, but I'd love to do a second part with you. Can you hang around and do another yep. show? Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much. Yep. Thank love you. Yeah.